It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and what's good, Reds country? This is your host, Jeff Carr. I'm your secondhand expert, your bench jockey with a beer. Thanks for listening to the Thursday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Today we have some throwback Thursday for you and maybe a snippet of news here at the end. But before that, I just want to remind you that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can also check us out on the web at LockedOnReds.com. Also look me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr, J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R, three Fs. And also check out the Locked On Reds Twitter handle as well. Let's dive right into it. Today's Thursday. Last week, I instituted Throwback Thursday. Well, okay, I didn't institute it. I'm just putting it on the podcast. But I looked at Ernie Lombardi, a famous catcher in the history of the Reds, and kind of keeping with the theme of not basically not Big Red Machine Reds, but historic Reds nonetheless. I'm going to look at probably the best pitcher in the history of the Reds organization. And chances are you haven't heard of this guy. If you have, then that's awesome. But if you haven't, I'm not going to fault you. We're going all the way back to 1900. Well, he made his debut in 1899. I'm talking about Frank George Noodles Hahn. That's right. We're talking about noodles today. The statistics on him are a little bit skewed as he pitched back in the day of the dead ball era. For instance, his career only lasted eight years. He still threw over 2,000 innings. To give you some perspective there, Johnny Cueto has pitched for 11 years and has only thrown just a little bit over 1,800 innings. So he'd have to play a whole nother season, maybe even two seasons, to catch up to Noodles Hahn's numbers, and he only pitched for eight years. Now, he pitched seven of those seasons as a Red He came up, he was born in Nashville, Tennessee, and he had pitched in a couple of minor leagues back in that day, and the Reds were encouraged to check him out by Charles Comiskey, who at the time was the owner of the uh, minor league team there in St. Paul, Minnesota. And the Reds signed him in 1899. He was 20 years old at the time. Or just he was just under twenty. I think he was at nineteen or something like that. And he made his debut then in that season. So, like I said, his numbers were crazy. His rookie season, eighteen ninety nine, he had three hundred and nine innings pitched. And the crazy thing about this time is the 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 that specific statistic, the numbers were actually coming down because as we get into the dead ball era, with the institution of the dead ball era. Teams were beginning to realize they could use multiple starting pitchers and their guys would stay healthier, they'd be fresher later into the season, and that was something that they, you know, obviously that was a good strategy. So Noodles Hahn was just starting out, as was the dead ball era. The dead ball era, which you may have heard it alluded to before, it's an era in baseball where 
there just wasn't a whole lot of offense. In fact, their lowest scoring season in the National League ever was in 1908. And the era really started around 1900-1901, which was right in the middle of Noodles Hahn's heyday. In fact, the best year of Noodles Hahn's career was 1901. He threw 375 and a third innings pitch just absolutely phenomenal he had 42 starts and 41 of them were complete games that's right he only had one game in which he didn't go the distance it's just phenomenal looking at these numbers it's hard to wrap our minds around when we're talking about pitching nowadays when kind of like I said yesterday with the whole idea of openers and how statistically a pitcher is much much better in the first and second time through the rotation If you're pitching a complete game every single day out, you're seeing the same hitters three, four, five times, and the longevity to get through that is just insane. In fact, speaking of the longevity, a very uh, famous story about Noodles Han was in his rookie season, they were playing the Pirates, and he was in the ninth inning. The Reds were leading one to nothing. It was the bottom of the ninth, a quintessential dead ball era score there, one nothing. But he was leading one nothing in the bottom of the ninth, and he allowed a leadoff triple. And the fans, they were in Pittsburgh. The fans were going nuts. He gets ready to do his next pitch. He looks like he's about to start his windup, and he just sets the ball on the ground. And so everyone's thinking, oh, he's done, he's rattled, we're getting him out of here, we're going to bring in someone, the Pirates are going to win this game. Not so. He reached into his shirt pocket, because back then they had pockets. I don't know if you got to see the uniform exhibit at Reds Fest, but the classic Reds uniforms that they had, there was a pocket in the shirt for tobacco, and that's what he had in there. He reached in there, grabbed him some tobacco, bit off a bit of it, and then proceeded to strike out the side afterward. And folks found years later, whenever they had box scores of that game, he only had three strikeouts. So his three strikeouts of the entire game were to win the game in the bottom of the ninth with a runner on third and nobody out. Just absolutely phenomenal. And the Sporting News said back in that time, They had an interview with the coach of the Pirates at the time, and his name was Patsy Donovan. But Patsy Donovan said up until pretty much anyone who wanted to ask him about baseball, he said that that performance was the absolute best performance he'd ever seen a rookie pitcher put out there as far as striking out the Pittsburgh side in the ninth with a runner on third and nobody out. So he had started his career with high expectations. In fact, People were rating him as the best left-handed pitcher in the game of baseball back there at the turn of the century. Going to take a brief pause and throw back Thursday for a few ads, but keep it right here to the Locked On Reds podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
Spring training is fast approaching, which means it's about that time to follow the Reds out to Cactus League action in Arizona. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, and incredible food awaits you as Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. When you get out there, you'll notice that there are 15 Major League Baseball teams, including the Reds, playing in 10 stadiums with nice 75-degree temperatures, and all of the stadiums are within 50 miles of each other in greater phoenix there's all kinds of things to do there as well when you're talking about arizona you've got the grand canyon and monument valley and you've got all kind of great stuff i'm a i'm a huge western fan i don't know if you are you might not be but if you love cowboys you've got tombstone arizona that's not far away that you can check out all kind of fun stuff and there's even fun things for the whole family you can stay at a resort with water parks and all kinds of fun activities for the kids so if you like me and you love reds baseball which you're listening to this podcast you probably do and you also love things like the grand canyon and awesome weather for your spring training adventures then get yourself over to visitarizona.com spring training to plan your spring training trip today Thanks again for listening to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Getting back to talking about Noodles Han on this throwback Thursday. Like I mentioned before the break, he was set up as the best left-handed pitcher at the turn of the century. A young kid at only 21 years old, he was kind of having some contract disputes before the second season of his career. As he looked at it, he's like, hey, I picked pitched over 309 innings I feel like I need a little bit of compensation for that in fact it was a theme throughout his career that if interviews during the offseason he would be very candid about his usage you know I mean you throw over 300 innings you're going to wear your arm out quite a bit and when it came to his career like I said he only pitched for eight seasons so he's kind of one of those guys that you almost go what if because after his sixth season, his seventh beginning of the seventh year in Cincinnati, he was noticing his arm just was not recovering the way that it used to do. And in fact, he only pitched a few games that year, and then the Reds released him. He was signed briefly by the New York uh, Highlanders at the time. They weren't the New York Yankees yet, but they were the New York Highlanders back then. And he pitched only a few games for them, and then he was done. He had a dead arm, and that was at the age of 28, and he was out of the game. In fact, though, he was a very smart dude because he recognized with his usage he was going to need something other than baseball to fall back on. And one of the cool things about him is after he retired from the game of baseball, he became a veterinarian. I mean, after that one year in or one year in New York City, he moved back to Cincinnati to become an accomplished veterinarian, and he had a very nice life after baseball. But we're talking about one of the best pitchers in the history of the Reds in Noodles Han, and if me saying noodles 12 times just made you hungry for noodles, then I've done my job today. With that being said, there's a little bit of news that I wanted to get to before we end today's episode of the podcast. I was reading a story on MLB.com from Mark Sheldon talking about a under-the-radar coaching hire by the Reds. The Reds hired Caleb Cotham as their assistant pitching coach. Now, you might say, eh, whatevs, assistant coach, you lost me there. I don't care about assistant coaches. But 
when it comes to Caleb Cotham, he's got kind of a special duty because he's coming from a company that just simply monitored pitching data and delivered it to pitchers so that they could improve. And by data, I mean he's talking about sabermetrics. He's talking about you know, not launch angle. That's batting. But he's talking about uh, rotation and speed and all of that good stuff. They have all of this advanced uh, machinery that tracks all that stuff. And he's able to deliver the information to the pitchers so that they can improve. In fact, it's kind of impressive the duties that he's going to have because most teams have the capability, they have the technology to do this stuff that Caleb Cotham is going to be doing. They just don't have the coach to do it because they present the pitching coach with this sort of option, but he just doesn't have time to focus on this. Caleb Cotham's entire job is going to be using this data to help develop pitching. And in fact, a quote from Caleb in the article said, it really opened my eyes about player development in terms of what pitching could be and the types of tools that are out there. Everybody is talking about the same things, but what really spoke to me is that this was a bit more objective. It was a bit more factual. It was, here's what's going on. Here's what you're good at. Here's what you stink at. I liked that. And so it's a, it's a really you know, cut and dry way that he's going to be able to deliver messages to these players about, you know, how you're going to be developing. I think it's going to be a great thing for Tyler Malley. I think it's going to be a great thing for a number of the young pitchers on this staff as they're going to be able to look at their performances and see hard numbers and hard, you know, statistics and stuff like that that they can point to. And he's like, here's how we can perfect this. Now, as far as Caleb Cotham goes, he was a major league pitcher. Uh, Mark Sheldon puts in the article, people that get these sort of jobs come out of Harvard universities and have all of these different degrees, and they're very book smart, but they didn't have any experience in the game of baseball. Caleb Cotham was a pitcher. He was a relief pitcher for a short time. Now, I'm not going to say he was any sort of successful relief pitcher. In fact, some of you may have even remembered the name. I remember the name just briefly because he came over to the Reds from the New York Yankees in the trade for a role as Chapman. Yeah, I know that probably stings a little bit remembering that trade as none of those pitchers, Cotham included, really did much for the Reds. And I know they still had rookie Davis, but I think he became a free agent this past season and I don't think he's signed with anyone just yet. So you look at that trade and it was kind of a bummer, but Cotham, after a knee injury, had to end his career. Now he's become a coach, and I believe that he can help the Reds' young pitchers in their development. And what has been one of the biggest, if not the biggest, complaint of the Reds over the last couple of years? That's that they haven't been able to develop their pitching. Now they have a plan in place. They have Derek Johnson, who is known to have molded pitchers into very good um aces and stuff like that and now you have Caleb Cotham who's sitting here he's going to be able to dissect information and deliver it to the pitchers and just say hey look here it is it's not something that I saw it's not something that I felt with my eyes that I you know I saw in real time and I couldn't really break it down I've got all of this machinery at my disposal I've got all this information this is what I have to give to you it's going to put the onus back on the pitchers about their development. And I really think it's going to do wonders for them. It's a great hire for the Reds. I think they've done a fantastic job this offseason building their 
coaching staff, and it, you know they started from scratch basically. Freddie Benavides is the only holdover from last year, and he's not even in the same role. So bravo to the front office for putting this together. I mean, they've been saying all the right things this offseason. Hopefully, whenever they actually get to put it into practice, it'll be awesome. But I really have some high expectations here. With that being said, we're going to end today's episode. I appreciate you listening. Like I said, make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Reds podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check us out at LockdownReds.com. And make sure you get ready for tomorrow's episode. I've got Chad Dotson in with me, the host of the most dangerous podcast in all the world. So make sure you download and listen to that. Happy Thursday, Reds fans, and I'll see you on Friday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.